Jade Vicardigil, this is episode 35 of the Rebel Matters podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Anne Carlan, and today it's just me and you. There's no guest on the podcast, and we're going to be talking about health, nutrition, and probably a little bit of socialism as well. It has been a pretty sweet week for us here at the Rebel Matters, and more specifically at Ackley. On Tuesday this week, we picked up an all-star business accreditation from the All-Ireland Business Foundation. And I went up to Croke Park for the presentation ceremony and picked up the award. So we don't, as anybody knows or who follows, actually really go in for the cheesy marketing or advertising campaigns and instead try and kind of build our reputation on the quality of our service and how happy our members are. So it was a really nice rubber stamp to get that uh, recognition from an all-around body and kind of a tap on the back that to let us know that we're going in the right direction so thanks very much to everyone who's been supporting Ackley which is I suppose my kind of main gig outside of the Rebel Matters podcast the podcast is sort of like a side gig to Ackley which has been on the go for the last nearly six years now in Cork and we're trying to do something different with personal training and the way that we approach food health and training in general in Cork City Centre so you can go and check out the Ackley website if you want to find out a little bit more about what we're doing there and more about the accreditation process that we went through to uh, get selected there for that that kind of award and if you want to get in touch with us to talk about your training you can do that through the website as well we do free consultations for every single person who comes and trains with us where we sit down one to one and you can talk about what your goals are what you would like to achieve with your training and then one of us can run you through how we could potentially help you with achieving those goals so thanks very much anyway again to everyone who's been supporting actually over the years online offline and been training with us or coming to the the social events that we put on which there's normally a social event uh, a few social events every month you can check them out on the events page on the Ackley website as well the all-star award is a nice wee addition to the national inclusion award that we got from the cara center in december in recognition for the work that we do with people who have varying levels of disability and medical conditions kind of serving a section of the population that aren't that well looked after when it comes to training and personal training. So um, it's good to know that we're kind of moving in the right direction with that there. Anyway, about today's podcast, the idea came about because the nutrition approach that we take at Ackley is a core part of the service and a core part of the philosophy behind Ackley. And since I set the place up in 2013, it's been kind of an ongoing challenge to come up with an approach to nutrition or a way of delivering our approach to nutrition to our members that lines up with what we value about food and that is enjoyable and sustainable and effective to help our members get to where they want to be in terms of their goals. So I'm after putting together a wee four-week course that we're going to run in rotation at Ackley in the social room down in the back. Everyone can't always make the focus group sessions, so I wanted to put this podcast together for two reasons. Number one, so that the members that are training with us can catch up on what we covered in the focus group sessions. And number two, so that the information is out there for free for anyone who wants to, I guess, improve their nutrition in a way that is sustainable, enjoyable, affordable, effective, and that doesn't rely on 
the heavy use of supplements or buying into a really strict diet and it's really I suppose a big part of this podcast is to become aware about the, the become, become aware of the advertising and the marketing that we're exposed to so that then you can kind of make a, a more informed and healthy decision and more effective decision one that's based on foods that you have available and an approach that's based on helping you build your self-confidence as opposed to falling into the trap of feeling like absolute shit and then buying something that's being sold to you in an advertising or marketing campaign. Before we get stuck into the full material of the episode, I'm going to do my weekly call to arms to help us build the Rebel Matters up to the next level. Go to the Instagram account, rebel underscore matters, and give us a like if you're on Instagram or also on Facebook at Rebel Matters Podcast. And if you're feeling uber supportive of the podcast right now, then you can go to Patreon and find the Rebel Matters podcast there and make a financial contribution to the podcast on a monthly basis for whatever amount that you want. It's kind of a form of digital busking. As I said before, if you're walking down the street and you've seen someone absolutely rocking out on the guitar and giving it their all and you said to yourself, I would definitely throw two or three quid into that person's guitar box. That's what Patreon is, except for the podcast, and it's online, not in the main street of your city. Of course, if you don't want to, then you don't have to. The podcast is still available on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, anywhere that you usually find your podcast. And last thing, leave the Rebel Matters podcast a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to it so that other people can see that it's a pretty cool thing to listen to and get on board with the Rebel Matters podcast train. That's that out of the way. So let's get stuck into this episode about nutrition. I hope you enjoy it and I hope that it's useful. Have a listen to it and at the end, get in touch and let me know what you think. And if you have any further questions, then throw them over and I'll get them answered on the next episode. Usually I'm sitting down with a guest and having a chat with them about the things that they're passionate about and knowledgeable about. And seeing as I'm just after coming home from work at Ackley, it is a Tuesday night. It's nearly half past 10 p.m. And we just did a really nice focus group session on nutrition with eight or nine of the members at Ackley which I think was really productive and pretty useful for the members that were there. And I think that we all helped each other kind of get to grips with nutrition as it relates to improving body composition and tying it in nicely with the training that our members are doing. And then as a follow-on from that, I just thought it would be pretty sweet to be able to share some of that information with you so that we can put it out there and you just can have the information to do whatever you want with it. I'm sitting up in the Rebel Matter studio at the minute, 
which is actually my bedroom. And I'm actually putting a nice little pop filter in front of the microphone, so I hope the sound quality is a little bit better than it usually is, maybe a little bit less harsh with the old peas and whatnot. And what I want to do is I'm going to sit here and talk into this microphone for about an hour about something that I'm very passionate about, something that I, I work with basically every day of the week. Except for maybe the day that I'm stuck into the Rebel Matters podcast on most weeks, that being Thursday or Friday. But today I'm going to talk about nutrition and how our approach to it actually is pretty different and pretty pretty out from the norm in relation to the rest of the health and fitness world. So I think it's going to be something of a bit of a unique approach for you to hear and hopefully something that will add a bit of value to your life and that you can use to um, your own benefit. So here we go, let's get stuck in. Train flying past then, at least you know that's what it is. When I was sitting there putting the the few kind of slides that I had tonight together for the members that were going to be in attendance, the first thing I had to do was try and find a starting point somewhere to begin the story of talking about nutrition. And every time that I decided on a starting point, I thought to myself, ah, I have to start a little bit further back than that. Then when I decided that's a good place to start, I said, I have to start further back than that again, because I really wanted to set the foundations well for the stuff that we were going to go through. So eventually I decided to start at the... the reasons behind Ackley as a training facility and as a business and the vision and the sort of values and mission that we have at Ackley. And uh, I went through, first of all, the, the first, the four things that kind of drive us on at Ackley, the four main pillars that are behind the approach that we have to our training and our food and our overall day-to-day sort of way that we run the business and I'll share them with you now, but I've mentioned them actually before in the podcast that I did with Dan Lambert from the Bang Bang Cafe. I gave these four sort of values a bit of a mention in that episode. The first one being that we coach quality movement and focus on quality movement during our own training, meaning that we have a strength and movement training program that's focused on helping the body move with better quality and as the body becomes more able that then becomes more open to be doing to be able to do more complex and and more sort of um advanced exercises and by that then it's kind of giving the training a purpose and you can see a path that you're traveling down so it kind of it really helps with the long term participation of the, that type of training uh, because it, it has a sense of purpose and people enjoy making progress. We all enjoy making progress, I suppose, for, for, with that regard. The second main pillar of the approach that we have at Ackley is to encourage real food for real life. That is to encourage building healthy habits around food that is widely available and that's affordable and to build an approach around food that is sort of compatible with the ups and downs of real life 
and everything that that brings. That as a training facility, the third thing, and as a business, the third thing that we that we want to do is to create a positive change both in our immediate community, including the people who are training with us, the people who are working with us, and the people who are our friends and neighbours and the people who we share the city of Cork with in our business and also further afield that we can create a net positive impact on the world, I guess, is probably another way of putting that one. And the fourth one is that we lead by example. That we follow through on the type of advice that we're giving other people and that we believe in what we're that we're teaching and the information that we're passing on. So therefore, why wouldn't we do it ourselves? After all, if it makes sense, then we should do it. Kind of common sense, I guess. And then beyond that, because of the fact that at Ackley we are focusing in on the training, uh, I kind of would like to cover... So if people come to come to train at Ackley for a whole host of reasons. Some people want to lose weight. Some people want to gain weight. Some people want to get better at their sport. Some people haven't found anywhere else that could accommodate their needs when it comes to training because of the fact that they might have a medical condition or a disability of some kind that would limit them in a regular commercial gym or in a place that wouldn't have the expertise to be able to help them along with their training in a way that was inclusive and meaningful and purposeful. At the same time, everyone who comes in to train at Ackley, we kind of have these universal goals for them. And the universal goals are to learn how to train in our training method, to be able to do things that they weren't able to do when they started training once they get stuck into the training program and to be stronger and more mobile and moving more efficiently there are universal goals that we have for everyone after that then comes the more specific goal of losing weight putting weight on or being able to walk up the stairs without holding on to the handrails or whatever the case may be and to achieve those goals i guess to achieve those goals we're kind of talking about improving body composition in this little um, this talk here, and the nutrition focus group that we had today was very much sort of geared towards improved, helping people set themselves up for improved body composition. There are kind of four things. There, so I guess there's five things that are really important to to touch on, one way or another, to achieve that as it relates to the way that we go about it and actually that's not to say that anything that I'm saying here is absolute gospel there's always more than one way to skin a cat but this is the way that we've been doing it because of the fact that it lines up with the values that we have as a business as a training facility as coaches and as professionals so here are the five things the first being to establish a strength and movement practice a regular strength and movement practice two to four times per week that you're doing something that is sort of um, helping you move with quality, that is le- helping you move with quality and that is um, 
a meaningful strength and movement practice. The second is your day-to-day activity levels, that you have a sufficient level of daily activity outside of the times when you're training in the gym, that you focus on a good recovery in in between training sessions and that you have a decent stress management sort of strategy in place for your everyday life and all the ups and downs that come with that, that you address your nutritional approach and that's what we're going to be mainly focusing on today and that you have some way of regularly checking in on your progress and seeing how you're doing. So from here on, I think what I want to do is get stuck into this stuff and maybe get on a bit of a roll here and show you our approach. I'm kind of excited to put this out here. It's kind of the first time that really I've sat down to I'm sitting in a room talking in the microphone by myself about nutrition and about how we how I think that that we're doing it differently. And matter of fact, actually right now I'm looking at a picture of the late and great Maya Angelo, who is someone who I have a lot of respect for. I've read a lot of her books, nearly all of them, and making my way through her 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 sort of um her series of biographical books. All really good reason. I've read a few of her poetry books as well. And one of the poems by written by Maya Angelou that stuck out most for me, most for me, of all of the ones. Um, of course, there's there's the amazing "Still I Rise." We have that written up in Irish on the wall of the gym. But the one that I want to focus on today, because it relates to the the topic of conversation at hand, is the health food diner. You should check it out. But even if you don't want to check it out. I'm going to like read it out for you. So this is my first time reading out a bit of poetry into the microphone. So here we go. Um, the Health Food Diner by Maya Angelou. No sprouted wheat and soya shoots and Brussels in a cake. Carrot straw and spinach raw. Today I need a steak. Not thick brown rice and yellow plaw or mushroom creamed, creamed on toast. Turnips mashed and parsnips hashed. I'm dreaming of a roast. Health food folks around the world are thinned by anxious zeal. They look for help in seafood kelp. I count on breaded veal. No smoking signs, raw mustard greens, zucchini by the ton, uncooked kale and bodies trail are sure to make me run. To loins of pork and chicken thighs and and standing ribs so prime. Pork chops brown and fresh ground round, I crave them all the time. Irish stews and blood corned beef, but Irish stews and boiled corned beef and hot dogs by the scores, or any place that saves a space for smoking carnivores. You, my who Maya. So the the verse that really sticks out for me, which you have to have written up on the wall in the gym, is health food folks around the world are thinned by anxious zeal. They look for help in seafood kelp. I count on breaded veal, and for me that poem is a two fingers up. To the sort of health food, the 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 quite false health food industry that's been built on the basis of advertising to people to build up their insecurities, to sell superfoods, quote unquote, and to get people sort of eating like rabbits I suppose Uh, I remember one time a couple of years ago actually I was doing a bit of volunteer work on the farm in Ballymaloo Cookery School and every year they have this charity 
event that's a long table lunch inside the greenhouse. The greenhouse in Ballymaloo is actually one acre uh, in surface area, would you believe, which is like pretty big. I think it's about 60 metres by 60 metres or something like that there if you wanted to measure out uh, a square acre. But um, anyway, I got a free ticket for this long table event on this particular year because of the volunteer work that we were doing down there and ended up sitting beside Banati herself, um, Darina Allen, and someone else, one of the gardeners, was sitting beside me and introduced me and Darina to each other. And the gardener said, oh, yes, this is Anne He runs a gym up in Cork. And she goes, oh, you don't you don't promote all that low-fat shit, do you? And from then on, we were friends for the night. I think that uh, there's a lot to be said for learning about food from the people who are growing food and from people who are living like I guess are living in a way that's quite creative and um, who are doing something productive in the sense of not being completely sort of like self-obsessed in a way there's a train going past there I don't mean that in in a rude or disrespectful way but I think that the health food market is is built on selling products that don't do very much good to us in the way of health benefits and profits the people who sell them and benefits the people who sell them away more than the people who buy them which is a bit of an unfair system so actually got a quote from uh, another person who you have a great amount of respect and admiration for and someone who's in a way changed the course of history in some ways that's uh, Bernadette McAlisky She was on the Blend Boy podcast in October 2018 and when I heard this quote at a time when I was listening to it, it was a pretty good interview, uh, I was flipping, it just hit me, it hit me big time and and the quote is, you know, there's a world out there that's been shown to people through the media and people are being asked to look like this and own this and have this and be this and you can't, not because there's anything wrong with you, all that imagery is about flogging your shit that they could flogging your shit so they can make money and then they keep the money and you can stay poorer because you've just bought all their shit and to me that sums up the health and fitness industry by and large as it relates to training to a certain extent but especially when it comes to the way that health foods are marketed so in essence what I've kind of been struggling with in many ways over the years, is to come up with an approach to nutrition that doesn't that doesn't kind of buy into that, that same line of thinking. Like there are diets, there are all kinds of diets out there. Generally speaking, most diets are based on eliminating one of the major food groups. Um, and a lot of the time the diets are based on like taking a subscription to some sort of... Uh, some sort of health food quote-unquote product like protein bars or this or that supplement and then of the most popular diets that are going at the minute (coughs) there's the vegan diet of course which is causing a lot of controversy these days vegetarian paleo keto low sugar uh low carb there's raw food diet there's a mediterranean diet there's a countless amount of diets and it's not to say that diets are an absolute waste of time and probably if you get a diet that is, you know, by and large not going to be 
detrimental to your health if it's not like just eating apples or only eating one single food or not eating for three days over and over and over and over. If you get a diet that's kind of moderate enough and you can stick to it and it suits, suits where you're at with your your headspace, then it's probably going to be pretty effective. But the thing is that for me, anyway, personally speaking, what's important is to get a good baseline diet on the go, first of all. Like a good, good baseline day-to-day nutrition habits that you can keep going indefinitely, that don't take a massive amount of effort, that don't have a huge um, emotional toll on, on you doing it, and that, <coughs> excuse me, that you can carry on indefinitely. And then once you've got that sorted, I think it's a good idea if you want to and if you have the the emotional, physical space to do it, then to dig down a little bit deeper with with a more sort of a stringent diet for a set period of time. And then once you've done that, then you can revert back to the pretty good baseline that you've already set through the initial work that you've done in your diet. I think like Dan John is a coach who, who I have a lot of respect for and probably one of the coaches, probably the first one of the first, if not the first coach that I started to follow outside of my formal, say, academic studies in and around the area of health. Um, and one of the things that you'll hear Dan John saying a lot is to eat like an adult. I've got a quote from the book Mass Made Simple, which was written by Dan John, and it goes like this. Eat like an adult. Stop eating fast foods. Stop eating kids' cereals. Knock it off with all the sweets and comfort foods whenever your favourite show is not on when you want it on. Ease up on the snacking and don't act like you don't know this. Eat more vegetables and more fruits. So, I mean, that's pretty straightforward advice. And if you just followed that, then you'd be doing pretty well from from a nutritional perspective. Basically, I suppose the point is that anything really will work if you stick with it long enough to achieve your goal there is like a lot of information out there on the internet and you just put in like best diet or how to lose body fat or whatever in google and you'll just be absolutely inundated with an absolute truckload of information information most of which you can safely assume is misinformation because of the fact that there's some sort of a selfish motive behind it so what I would like to do in this is to start the conversation about ways to eat healthily, eat in ways which will benefit you in the long run, that are affordable and that don't have any sort of ulterior motive to sell you some sort of <coughs> a product. Um, on the back of it, it's not dependent on buying anything in particular, so you can just do it. It's easy to pass along, it's easy to keep going and that it's enjoyable. Like food is there to be enjoyed and there's nothing to stop you from having sort of like an approach to nutrition that allows you to to enjoy food. I think one of the big things that I would like to make sure I get across in this little podcast is that nutrition and food and your health it's not something that you should be shamed about it's not there is a lot of shaming out there and that's one of the the big ploys of the marketing and the advertising that's out there is to create insecurity 
in yourself about yourself the way that you're looking the way that you're feeling um, the way that you move around the way that your clothes fit there is no sort of shame in that's that's ridiculous it, it's it's disingenuous it's kind of a slimy way to, to make business in my opinion and what I would like to really do here is to put forward an approach that isn't rocket science but that's effective and it's fair and that's enjoyable so one of the first things I suppose that, that we could talk about a little bit is is setting goals because that's generally where the journey starts for a lot of people or that's the that's generally where people become aware that there's a journey there's a journey starting of course if you're getting sucked into some sort of a marketing campaign the journey doesn't start when you realize that you want to start eating a certain way or looking a certain way the journey there has started whenever someone has decided to hit you with some sort of marketing or advertising campaign in the first place and you're just becoming aware of it then whenever you want to make the change but <coughs> excuse me um the Setting goals is, is a good place to start for, for this conversation, to start this conversation kind of in earnest as such. And uh, it's worthwhile maybe having a little conversation about how to set goals and what way to set goals that are effective that will actually end up serving you. A really important aspect of setting goals and a good starting point for when you're setting goals is to realise that setting goals is something that you do so that you can benefit from it as opposed to something that you do so that you can make yourself feel guilty about all the time. The film Remember the Titans, or not Remember the Titans, uh, Any Given Sunday comes to mind and you can see the, the coach Tony D'Amato saying to Willie Beeman, who is the main character in the movie, he's saying, see it before you do it. You see it, you do it. And for me, like that's what goal setting is. Goal setting is setting an intention and being able to visualize the outcome of the process that you're about to go through and and liking the outcome, moving towards that outcome because that's what you want to achieve. And it's very important at this stage, I think, maybe to before we get stuck into how to set goals and what a good, a good goal looks like and how you can get a goal that's going to fit you, I think it's really important now to mention that Say if you don't achieve a goal or if you're on the way to a goal, it's rarely a straight line anyway. You rarely go from A all the way to Z in one go. <coughs> There's ups and downs, things happen in life and uh, you have to go around instead of going through and sometimes you can go through instead of going around. Uh, the main point being that if you feel like you're falling off the wagon, you just forgive yourself, have a bit of compassion for yourself and get back on track. It's not the end of the world and that's the way it goes. It goes in cycles where you get a bit of a run at it and then something might get in the way and you just write it off, get back on track. You might be doing really well with your nutrition for a week or a few days or whatever the case may be and then all of a sudden you have, you're going to a birthday party and you eat all around you. Uh, so what? Just get back on track. It's no big deal. And that's the results are going to come from the results, I would say, are relative to the amount of times that you can just get back on track after you fall off the wagon. And that's it. Before we go any further in the whole goal-setting process, 
it's important to know just to be kind to yourself and go again and just keep doing it. So if you want to, it's actually, you could do this as a, as a little exercise now when it comes to goals. Um, <coughs> there, you can kind of classify goals into process goals and outcome goals. Outcome goals are the ones that are kind of black and white. They're the things that you've achieved. Like say, if you want to weigh a certain amount or if you want to lift a certain amount of weight off the floor in the deadlift or you want to complete an event or even run a certain distance in a given time, that's an outcome goal. That's the outcome of all your work and you can measure that. That is black and white. Did it happen? Yes or no? And another type of goal is a process goal. The process goal is based on the steps that you're taking to achieve the outcome goal. For example, an outcome goal would be to weigh 90 kgs in body weight. A process goal that would feed into the outcome goal would be to do 20 gym sessions in the next eight weeks. That would be a process goal. Another process goal could be drink two litres of water every day for the next two weeks, so on and so forth. So you kind of get the picture. Uh, outcome goals versus process goals. For me, like the, the real, real goal is in the process goals because if you, you can set the outcome goal and then sort of put it to your back of your mind and get it out of the way, instead of focusing on the outcome goal all the time, once you've set it, start to focus on process goals, things that you can do step by step every day that will bring you closer to the outcome. And then before you know it, you'll be at the outcome goal. So if you want to, you can do this little exercise. Of course, you don't have to, but I'll run you through a few questions that then you can kind of write down uh, the answers to. And hopefully by the end of this next couple of minutes, we'll have some solid goals written down together. Um, you don't have to do it right now if you don't want to, but if you do, grab an old piece of paper and an old pen and um, write down what is your main outcome goal at this minute. Then write down how you'll achieve this goal or how you plan to achieve this goal. And how will you know that this goal has been achieved then eventually? And in what way does this goal make you excited? Because I think that's a very important part of setting a goal that is sort of true to what you would like to be spending your time on. So pick a goal that is meaningful to yourself, that you value and that you're going to enjoy working towards because any goal worth worthwhile is, any worthwhile goal is going to take a bit of time to achieve and I think it's important that you're doing something that you enjoy doing it along the way because at the end of the day, the journey is just as important, if not more important than the dest getting to the destination, than being at the destination. So when would you like to have achieved this goal that we're talking about at the start and uh, in terms of time? And what are the major time blocks that you need to put aside to achieve this goal? For me, time is the basic unit that you need to have to achieve anything. If at the minute I'm learning how to play the guitar and I want to be able to play a few songs, I feel like the basic units of time that I need there are about three 20 minute blocks in the week <coughs> so that I can practice on a regular enough basis to get better to be able to achieve that goal 
What do you think the potential roadblocks are to you achieving the goal? What are the things that could get in the way if you're achieving the goal? Write those down if you're doing it. And what can you do to help yourself get back on track if you find yourself kind of falling off the wagon? And I suppose that has a lot to do with the sort of clean slate policy um, that that we've brought in already. So if you look through those questions, you can find you in the answers that you have a little bit, but you should have pretty good um, idea of something that you'd want to work towards if you're in a place where you want to have some goals and you don't always have to have goals about your body composition or um, your training or nutrition but if you're in that place now then that's kind of a good little exercise that might help you do it so suppose after this it's a good way it's a good thing maybe now to get to kind of maybe do a little um, a summary of some of the things that I think We'll maybe talk about on on another occasion uh, in more detail about nutrition. Some of the things that I that I value the most around um, the approach to nutrition that we have, that I have personally, and that we have at Ackley as well, that line up with our values and that are effective for the short term and for the long term. I'll run you through some of them. So the clean slate principle is at the top of the list. If you find yourself falling off the wagon. Just forgive yourself, have a bit of compassion for yourself and get back on track. I think that making health and making nutrition affordable is a very, very important part of this whole process because it makes it sustainable and it doesn't break the bank. And I think it also promotes a sort of self, a sense of self-independence in a way. The constituency the political constituency or the electoral constituency that I'm from uh, is in West Belfast and I read the constituency report that was written about West Belfast uh, quite recently and we have the highest rate of just about every disease going and the highest mortality rate or the highest death, death rate from those diseases as well and in the three mile stretch of straight road from the house that I grew up in to the city centre, there are over 60 takeaway restaurants, very few healthy outlets for food. And there is a sort of a barrier there to good food that is being raised, I think, more and more. And I think that um, there's an issue around gentrification now when it comes to health and how affordable food is. So... That's not to say that's not available and it can't be done affordably, but I think there are certain things that will definitely help that process along. Breaking your biggest negative habit is a really good place to start with your nutrition. Everyone knows, by and large, or even with a little bit of help, would be able to figure it out what the biggest negative habit in terms of nutrition that we all have Um it might be drinking loads of fizzy drinks. It might be eating chocolate late at night. It could be having loads of pints at the weekend. Uh, whatever it is, a good place to start is to do some work on breaking that habit or even making that habit less, having less of a negative impact. Drinking enough water every day, essential. We'll go through that in more detail, why that's important, uh, the effects that it has on the body and how you can implement drinking enough water into your day without having a massive impact on, um, without having to sort of implementing it without it being an absolutely 
big pain in the ass to your day. Breakfast is another place where you can pick up points on your nutrition, cooking and preparing food and having the right tools to be able to do that in a way that's that's effective and efficient. Shopping, how to do it, where to do it, um, when to buy local and when to buy the cheaper stuff. How to manage your sort of quote-unquote treat days where you can kind of eat whatever you want uh, without causing a huge amount of a set a, few, a huge setback to your <coughs> overall progress how to manage your energy balance in relation to the amount of calories or energy that you're taking in compared to the amount of energy that you're expending how to eat mindfully in a way that allows your body that affords your body the opportunity to acknowledge the food that it's taken in so that it can have the adequate response so that you don't keep on eating beyond the mark whenever you're already full but you just don't realize it yet how sleep can affect your nutrition your body composition your rest your recovery and your stress levels how to keep a food diary which can be a very useful tool generally whenever i'm getting people to keep food diaries we do it on thursday friday and saturday two weekdays and then one weekend day so you get a bit of a snapshot of the weekdays and also the week the weekend days where the the food routine how to go about actually doing some sort of a diet that is a little bit more um, restrictive for a period of time to get the benefit of that and then being able to revert back to the good healthy baseline that you've already worked on. How to measure your progress. I think measurements in general are something that can be really, really useful as long as you're in sort of the right mind space to be able to do them on a regular basis, that they don't cause you to absolutely stress out and that you can do them in a way that's consistent and that's reliable and that is regular in a way that is sort of like you compare, compare you can't compare the results to the previous readings. Supplements have their place. Uh, there's something that is a lot of the time it's like putting the cart before the horse when people start to take loads of supplements before sorting out the basic sort of cornerstones of the food and we'll talk about things that you have to moderate if you want to actually make real meaningful progress with the work that you're doing with your nutrition and your training if you're spending time energy money and you're emotionally invested in uh, improving your body composition or making a change in your nutrition so that you can benefit from it in terms of energy and stuff like that, then it is important to recognize that there are certain foods that are best kept in modern. So we'll talk a little bit about those foods as well. And then I think it is really useful to have a conversation around foods that are nutrient dense versus foods that are energy dense. That's something that we'll definitely touch on. Energy dense foods are things like, for example, chocolate is very energy dense. If you got a chocolate bar and it was like, just say for argument's sake, the size of the palm of your hand and you wanted to get the same amount of calories from a salad, you would have a massive bowl of salad. So you, you would be well full if you ate the bowl of salad. But if you ate the chocolate bar, you could probably eat three or four of them if you're really hungry. And that would have sort of a negative impact on your body composition, whereas the nutrient-dense foods would have really positive impact in terms of the amount of nutrients that you're actually taking into your body, but also in terms 
in relation to the volume of food that you're taking in, you would be full before you could have, um, you could eat enough to have a negative impact on your body composition as such. So we'll talk about that in recordings. Um, I think for today, what would be a good thing to do is to to maybe do a little bit of work on um, breaking a negative habit that you can kind of uh, identify in your current nutrition as it stands. So what do you think the biggest single negative nutritional habit that you have at this time? At what time of the day does it happen? Uh, How can you break it? And what do you think your potential biggest obstacle to overcoming the habit is? And what can you do to remove that obstacle? To put this exercise in perspective or to give sort of a personal example about it I think that one of the biggest negative nutritional habits that I have at this time is whenever I'm working at Ackley until nine or half nine I come back and there's no food prepared and I have to start making the food and it may be ready at half past ten then I eat it quite a big meal because I could be hungry and then I don't think that's overall a healthy thing to do is to eat a, a massive meal and then try and go to sleep because your body my body bees awake at that stage in my body and I'm, I'm resting down lying down the body's trying to break down this big meal and I seem to feel a little bit um, less sprightly in the morning whenever I do that so I think that's something I could do to break that habit is to make sure that I get the time at the weekend and during another time around midweek to cook some meals in bulk uh, the biggest obstacle that I have to overcoming this is if I don't leave myself enough time to do it or if I don't get my shopping in during the week. So what I do to remove those potential obstacles is to take a bit of time at the weekend to fill in my schedule on the calendar so that I've designated some time to do the shopping, designated some time to do the cooking. And I've already got the you know, like enough lunch boxes and stuff like that there to cook a big meal and store it in bulk and then smaller lunch boxes to bring in with me to work. So that's how I would frame that. Um, so have have a go of that there. Um, identify your biggest negative habit. Once you've done it and you've done the, the, the better work afterwards, then focus for the next two weeks on breaking that, that negative habit. Remember the clean sl- slate principle. And if you happen to fall off the wagon, just get back on track, no worries. Um, there's no big guilt about it, just uh, keep going. And you'll notice that in, in the coming weeks, if you follow on with this process, once you've take, making, made the effort to break down your biggest negative habit, forming new positive habits is going to be much easier because as long as you get the instruction, you can see the value of it and it's a straightforward habit to form. For example, drinking two litres of water of day, every single day will be relatively easy in relation to break breaking your biggest negative habit. So focus on that there. What I like to do whenever I'm trying to break a negative habit is to try and put a positive habit in place as well. For example, a positive habit for me would be to get on my calendar and do my schedule for the week on a Saturday or a Sunday. A positive habit would be to make sure that I bring a lunchbox in to work with me so that I have some food when I'm in there. I would save a bit of time and a good bit of money as well by the end of the week so I wouldn't have to be eating any lunches out even though I do like going to the Rocket Man on Princess Street every now and again for a nice sandwich uh, as a treat for lunch but anyway it's 
good bit into the conversation here now, well over 40 minutes, and I hope you've hope you're still awake anyway. I hope you've enjoyed the the chat, and I've enjoyed sitting here talking away into the microphone about something that I'm pretty interested in and something that I know is likely to have a positive impact um, for anybody who decides to implement some of the stuff. And I'm also glad to be able to share the a bit of insight into the approach that we have at Ackley with you. Of course, if you want to find out a little bit more about what we do at Ackley, then you can just go on to ackley.ie, A-C-L-A-I.ie. We're based in Bishop Street, Cork City Centre, and we do all kinds of personal training. We've got a really inclusive, open, friendly, motivating, and professional environment for people to come and work in. And we also have lots of sweet events around our professional service. We have got a book club meeting on the last Thursday of every month. At seven o'clock, you can come along and talk about books. You can borrow one of the books from the wee library that we have down in our social room. We have a movie night every so often. We have a long table lunch that's free as well, where we have a 30-foot table down in the middle of the gym, and everyone brings some food. We have got recently purchased a big green egg, which is like the Rolls Royce of barbecues for these events, and... We the last one we we made thirty pizzas. It was free. Loads of kids running around, family friendly, pet friendly, human friendly. Um, so come to some of those things if you want to. Uh, and of course, if you want to do some personal training, you can get booked in for a free consultation on the Ackley website. You go to Ackley.ie and uh, you'll find out more about that. It's free. Come in, find out. Um, have a little chat about what you want to work on. I can fill you in on how we can help you achieve that and run you through the different options you have for training if you want to. Of course, if you don't, then that's sweet. I hope you've been, you've enjoyed this wee chat on the, about health and nutrition and everything like that. And get in touch through Facebook, Ackley Strength and Movement, or through Instagram, Ackley underscore Cork or through our website, ackley.ie. And I think that's it. Looking forward to doing another one of these here. Uh, I'll, I'll do it again soon, and we'll, we'll dig in a little bit deeper in terms of actual action steps that you can take to improve your health, your nutrition, your well-being, and keep spreading the good vibes around. Until then, though, be nice to yourself, be nice to other people, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Slang of what?